Welcome to the Edutainer Podcast. My name is Erin Albert. In this podcast, we explore the intersection between education and entertainment. Stay tuned for another episode coming up next. Well, we're here today with a non-581, one of our fan fiction Sanditon writers. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Yeah, it's we were talking off recording about the kind of uh, history behind the Sanditon sisterhood online and the fan base. And I have never experienced a fan base like this, I don't think ever before. We are a very enthusiastic bunch. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's get to it, Anon. Why did you start publishing fan fiction? And was it due first and foremost to Sanditon? Or were you writing fan fiction prior to that? So I had heard of fan fiction before. I knew it existed, but I had never really read any. And it was totally a Sanditon thing. Like, after after watching the series the first time and like seeing the ending, I felt like I was going through a breakup, like my own personal breakup, walking around in a fog for like two weeks. And anyway, so I just ended up with this image was growing in my mind of like an alternate goodbye between Charlotte and Sydney or like another layer to that goodbye. And yeah, I just started like typing it out and I've never written anything before. Like I've been a visual artist forever. I've okay. never been a writer, but for some reason this just like all came out and I thought like, okay, well, why not just throw it out there? Like make an account. I, the, the number on my, my Anon 581, I don't know. The number is just like totally random. I always forget what it is because I just quickly wrote down whatever I could think so that I wouldn't chicken out and not make this account. <laughs> Interesting. And you're, you're over at AO3, right? Archive of our own? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You've written several different kind of stories here. Can you kind of take us through the genesis of the, the nine different stories that you have on here? Like setting, what inspired you or motivated you for each of these stories, etc. Yeah. So Again, the first one was just like angsty and sad and just like totally, <laughs> totally like my breakup anthem, like goodbye, I'll miss you, you know. And I posted it and, you know, a few people read it and wrote like nice comments. And I was like, wow, what a cool experience. That was really fun. I'm glad I did it. And that's that. That's, that's the end. And then, you know, <laughs> Like a month later, you know, I got another like inkling of a story and I, I fought it for a while and then was finally like, no, forget it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start writing again. This was really fun. So the second one was like, you know, my version of the continuation of the story. That was like my, you know, epic finish of, of this story. Are these um, all in the Regency period? So that one was, that one okay. was called The Second Coming. And it was about, you know, Charlotte and Sydney working their way back to each other. And um, yeah, I really, I think I ended up writing it because I really wanted a, 
story where the women kind of took charge a little bit. I really wanted to see Charlotte and Georgiana kind of like take their power back a little bit. So that was that was the the first one I wrote. And yeah, so then the pandemic hit while I was writing that pretty early on. And I built like a pretty nice little community in that story, like within the comment section. And I thought, well, this is fun and a good distraction for me. And it's a good distraction for other people, I think. So we'll just keep dragging it out. So that story grew and it was great. And then I finished and I was like, cool, that was good. I'm glad I wrote those. That was really nice. I'm done. <laughs> And then, because you've got nine stories on here. So I know that's not the end. I was not done. I was not done at all. So then I, I ended up writing a contemporary story. I ended up moving into, uh, actually the year was 2011 that I set my next story in. And yeah, I never ever thought I'd do that either. But I got this idea of Sydney Parker as a New Yorker, as like a pretentious Brooklynite and I was like well this this just feels so right <laughs> yeah this is kind of where he belongs in the modern era so that that was called Take Me Home and it also goes by Campton's Fic that's its uh tag on Twitter okay and I guess the other layer is at that point I had joined Twitter and had been like fully immersed in the Sanditon squad on Twitter. So that one was really fun to write because I knew who my readers were really well. Okay. It was fun to kind of mess around with that as we went. And uh, so you joined Twitter expressly for Sanditon. Yes. Yes. Which I... I never thought I would do that either. Like Twitter didn't seem to be my jam, but yeah, I did. And it, it was my jam. <laughs> there are Facebook pages too, but I would say that the Twitter sphere with Sanditon is probably the most infused or injected group of people that want to see the second season. Right. And I think there's just like a really good sense of humor and community on Twitter, which is surprising a little bit, but totally true. So being there as a fanfic author and being able to talk to people there was, I don't know, just really fun. Have the fanfic fans for Sanditon talked about having any kind of meetup or anything around fanfiction? Not around fanfiction expressly, I don't think. But we, we do talk quite a bit about like creating a Sandicon, like a, a Sanditon mm. convention. Yes. And just like everybody getting together and like meeting each other. Yeah, post-pandemic. Let's talk about the pandemic for a second because... Sanditon in the U.S. filmed or was shot or produced or delivered in the U.S. via PBS Masterpiece, right? Yeah. And it was like right before the pandemic, basically, the lockdowns, because the lockdowns were in March and this rolled, what, January, I think? The first yeah, it time. ended in February. It was like right around Valentine's when we all got yeah. ripped out. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, and smashed a bit. So do you think... Anon, that because of the pandemic, maybe there was even more of the gasoline on the fire for fan fictions to try to correct the unhappy ending of Sanditon season one, maybe? I, yeah, I, I do think so. I think it also kept us in that holding pattern. Like life wasn't moving forward and we found this thing to 
latch on to and share. Yeah, I, I honestly think about that a lot. Like if the pandemic hadn't happened, I would obviously want season two to happen. And you know, who knows, maybe I would have found my way to Twitter. But I don't, you know, I don't know if it would have been the same situation if everybody was like working and going to school and, you know, living their regular lives. There would be less time, obviously. Yeah, and I think entertainment has kind of been a little hungry, a little, we've been a little starved for it mm -hmm. during the lockdowns just because everybody's binging on things. And the fan fiction thing for me is very interesting too because the way fan fiction comes out, it's consumed differently usually than when you go to the library and pick a book off of the shelf, yeah. right? Because you have a finite beginning and ending, but fan fiction is interesting because some writers, and I don't know if you did this, I'll ask you, is when you were putting your stories out, would you just drop like a chapter at a time or how did that work? Yeah, so that's how I would do it. I would drop a chapter at a time. And yeah, I think that is the beauty of it all, especially in this time, because there is so much interaction between the writer and the reader, or at least that's the way I like to do it. You know, I'm, I'm very chatty in my notes and everything else. I, I like engaging. I I'm a bit of a troublemaker online sometimes. Um, you know, like sometimes I'll drop a particularly big chapter and then kind of like, you know, cause a bit of a stir. I like to, you know, I like to play with Eliza a little bit more than I should and things like that. But it's like part of the fun of doing it together. Maybe it's not fun for my readers. I don't know. Maybe it's just me being evil, stirring the pot a little. <laughs> So if you mix it up with your readers, have you changed plot lines or stories kind of midstream based upon their input? Or you were like very steadfast and resolute about your own story? No, plot? you know, and that's something that I, when I wrote The Second Coming, I knew, I knew the whole storyline. Like I even knew the parts that I probably wasn't going to write, but I knew like in the back of my mind that that was part of the story, even if I didn't write it, it all ended up coming out. <laughs> But that I, I wrote as I went, like I posted the chapters as I wrote them, but I wasn't on Twitter. So I didn't really like know who was reading and what they thought so much. Once I joined Twitter, when I wrote Hampton's fic, I made sure to write it all or 80% of it before I posted it because I didn't want to risk like reading people's comments and being like, oh, you want to see that? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me let me write that in. So that became my habit post Twitter to like always write most of it before I started posting. I didn't want to. In your nine different stories, approximately when did you join Twitter? After the second or? I joined Twitter towards the end of the second coming, okay. which actually I guess is my third story. I wrote another short one. And then three of the stories are part of the Hamptons Fix series. They okay. all are in the same universe. One story is just a quick little one shot of hinting towards Charlotte and Georgiana getting together and spending their lives together. Oh, and then there was Parlor Fic, which I went back to the Regency for that. Every time you finished a story, did you think you were done? Or did you do one story and get the, to the end and then start the second story and, and go to the end? Or Every time I finished a story, I 
thought I was done unless something else came to mind. There was never like, with Hampton's fic, I think because I felt so strongly related to some of those characters, I kind of knew where they would go, even if I didn't write them anymore. Like, you know, I kind of had a vision for what their lives would be like. Okay. Um, but I was never sure I was actually going to do it. It's all about time and inspiration for me. Yeah. Well, your Hamptons looks like it had the most comment. Yeah. Again, I, I knew who my audience was. And, you know, I was very aware of the fact, like, I'm not, I'm not writing this to be Pulitzer material here. I'm writing this to have a good time. So we're going to have a good time. And um, I think I made that really obvious from the start. Like, this is just going to be like fun summer reading. And I think people really embrace that. I think, again, it was pandemic summer. What else were people going to do? We all went to the Hamptons together. Like, it was just fun little thing. So you're professionally a visual artist. So I'll ask you where, where do these creative ideas come from? Do you, do they just come to you? Do you dream them? Where do they come from? Yeah, they don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not that cool that I dream ideas. That would be neat. Um, no, uh, I think they just come to me. So right now I'm actually just, um, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. So they come to me when I have time to myself and I can think, which I, I don't lately. I haven't been writing because I, I don't have much time to myself these days. <laughs> but I think like when I'm, when I'm outside or, you know, like going for a walk or, or doing whatever, I just kind of get in my head. And a lot of the time it just starts with a conversation that I imagine the characters having or, um, or like a motivation, like why would a character feel this way or do this or whatever? I don't know. Once I get the mood, the whole story just kind of like clicks into place. Like once I know who the character is and what they want and why it like all just kind of falls into place. So how do you know if you're done with a story? I just always, I guess I just know where I want them to go. I extend my stories, but I don't want to drag them out. So I try to keep them, you know, pretty short. Like with, with the Hampton series, people wanted to revisit those characters again and again. And, um, which is great because I, again, I loved those characters. I thought they were really fun, but I also didn't want it to be like, oh, cool, she's writing again. And then like, yeah, this is still happening. Mm. <laughs> so for those stories, like the, the sequel stories, they were quick, like five chapter stories. And I knew, first of all, that's all I had like the time and energy to write, but also it was like, it would make it fun, but also kind of like a in and out, let's check in on the characters and pop back out. I just like to leave them in a good place. That's all. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. If in the real world, we did get mm -hmm. our second series of Sanditon. Yeah. yeah. What would you want to see on that series? Or do you have a favorite plot line that you've crafted that you think would be great for the writer's consideration? Oh yeah, Andrew Davies, listen up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's listening to all of these. Good sir, let me tell you. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of my stories are personal wish fulfillment, like this is what I like and this is what I want to see. But I also am very aware that in fan fiction, I can kind of do whatever I want. And Andrew Davies has more strict parameters to work with. He's got to be period appropriate and all that. I think in the second coming, 
Mary pretty quickly arranged a meeting between Charlotte and Sydney. And I, I do like that idea. I kind of like the thought of her feeling a little guilty and wanting to make it right in some way or another, like give them their proper parting. So yeah, Mr. Davies, if you want to take that, that's okay. But no, I, I think what I really want to see for the second season is I, I really do want to see Charlotte and Georgiana kind of taking back their agency a little bit. You know, the season ends with both of them through no real fault of their own, kind of losing everything they had gained over the last few months. And, you know, it's a sad place to leave your Austin heroes. So I would really love to see them take things into their own hands. You know, I think I think the way Charlotte ended was okay. You know, it, it felt very Eleanor Dashwood, like, you know, she's gonna sacrifice for her love and you know, it's all it's all gonna be fine. She's gonna power through. But Charlotte isn't Eleanor Dashwood and I don't I don't think she should stay in that place. So I I really would love to see those two girls. They're not afraid of taking things into their own hands. And I would like to see that. Like, I love Lady Susan, but I don't want her to just like sweep in and fix it all. I want mm. I want to see my characters do it for themselves in a way. Um, Did you have a favorite character in the series? Was it Charlotte? I love Charlotte. I love Georgiana. I love them both. I think they're just awesome. I think they're great. You know, and of course, everybody loves Esther too, you know, so the three, the three women, I'm all about them. Yes. Yeah. In closing, uh, I've kind of asked everything, every question kind of similarly of the authors. If you know of someone who either was flummoxed over the finish of Sanditon one and wanted to do something about it through writing what advice would you have for him or her in terms of fan fiction if that was a route that they wanted to take? Well, I'm not a writer, so I- <laughs> But you are a writer. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm not a, a professional, I guess. Um, I think a lot of it for me, again, is like getting into the head of the characters and kind of figuring out where and why they're doing things. Um, but when it comes to like actually writing and being part of the fan fiction community, I know not everybody is this way, but for me as an author, it's like, it's, it's just fun. Like just, just have fun. And you know, I'm proud of what I have written and I like it a lot, but I'm also not, I don't, take it terribly serious if somebody doesn't like it. I don't, you know, it's, we're here to have fun. And that's, that's what I'm all about when it comes down to it. Last question. Are there any other authors out there in fan fiction for Sanditon that you would recommend? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Piper Holmes is awesome. I don't know if you've spoken to her, but she's really great. She did, she's, she's still working on it. Um, she has a story called The Book of You and I, and it focuses mostly on Esther and Babington, um, which is really great. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Charlotte and Sydney, but sometimes I can, you know, like sometimes you can overdose on it a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to see what everybody else is doing too. And so she does, she just does this beautiful deep dive into Esther. And I think, I don't know, she just gets into those characters so well. I, I highly recommend that story. It's very good. So there's um, on 
Twitter, she goes by love for Lydia, but on AO3, I think she's Mermaid 70. And she's written a series of stories, a few different stories, and they, they're all great. She has this kind of uh, like gritty realism twist to her stories. You know, it's, I don't know. I'm a fan of realism and I, I just really like her work. I like her writing style. Oh, and then of course on Twitter, you have Tahira Osman and One Day Tweet. They're two different Twitter accounts and they collaborate. They tweet back and forth and create fan fiction. And those series are just, it's just really fun because again, you've got this immediate interaction. You're throwing a tweet out and the whole community is waiting with bated breath for the, the return tweet to come back. Um, so they're having a two-way dialogue on Twitter and unfolding fan fiction through Twitter? Yeah, I guess they message each other and come up with like a, you know, just like a, an idea for what they want to do and where they want to go. And then they just fire back and forth and build it together. And it's such a cool, such a cool thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll right? check that out. Yeah. yeah. You should, I don't think they have anything active right now, um, but you can probably search them down online. Yeah. They're really fun. Well, all the rumblings are happening unofficially for the second season of Sanditon, but that's yeah. why I wanted to bring back the podcast because this fan base is not like any other I think I've ever seen. So when I put the tweet out, they demanded fan fiction and I'm just here as the person that is here to deliver to them. We, so we have a really good time together. And I think, I think it shows, I think, I think the fandom is so strong because we enjoy each other's company, you know, and that, that kind of adds on to our love for the show, you know, it's all good. Well, with that, Anon581, thank you for sharing your stories with us today. I'll be sure to put in show notes links to your stories, particularly the Hampton series. That one looked very, very popular online. So I'll personally have to check that one out as well. Everybody loves going to the Hamptons. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Edutainer. If you're a super fan, head on over to our Patreon page for The Edutainer and you get extra goodies just for being a super fan. Our Patreon page is called Behind the Counter and on it we have an extra blog full of goodies just for our super fans. Also, join me on Clubhouse this year. I'm at Aaron Albert there as well as Instagram. Over at Twitter, I'm at Aaron L. Albert. And of course, you all know I love LinkedIn. So let's connect and let's have a great 2021 together.